Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall, and the Rangers got their guy. They agreed to a deal with Gerard Gallant to become the 36th head coach in New York Rangers history. Chris Jury. Um, and he got the guy. He got the guy every all the fans wanted. I think the only holdout was what he was seeing what Rob Brendamore was gonna do. It looks like Brendamore is probably gonna head back to Carolina. The guy who I wanted all along, but I think a lot of Ranger fans would have gallant. So I I'm super excited. I'm super excited to have uh, just a really good experienced coach. Looking back, I mean, he took Vegas to the Stanley Cup. Their expansion year was a Jack Adams Award winner there. He turned Florida around when he was in Florida. He had some struggles in Columbus when he first, you know, took over there. But, I mean, just a great track record. You listen to all his former players talk about him. They all talk glowingly about him. They say he's a player's coach. He's a great communicator, but he's also a no-nonsense kind of guy, which I think is a perfect mix for this Rangers team. I think they need a guy who is going to bring out the best in the stars. And I saw a quote from Yager, who played for him in Florida, and he said the stars are going to love him. So, I mean... I'm all in. I'm all in in Gallant. I think that's a great hire. I think Drury's off to a great start this offseason with some of the moves he's doing. And, I mean, I cover Gallant at the World Championships. I've talked to him a couple times. So nice. Incredibly nice guy. Super nice to the media. He he gave me great answers on any question I asked him. Uh, We were talking about Brayden Schneider. We talked about the turnaround for the Team Canada while I was, you know, covering him. And what a job he did that Canadian team. They started off 0-3 in the World Championships, and they turned it around. They they ran the table. I think they had one other loss or maybe an OT loss, and then they you know went they snuck into the medal rounds as the last seed, and they won the gold. They beat Team USA in the semifinals. Um, an incredible performance by him and an incredible coaching performance by him to pull that team around. And now uh, I think that... Obviously, before that, he was on the he was a candidate. But I think after I saw that, I was all in on him. And uh, and it's a four year deal reported by Larry Brooks. I think they said three point five million. So it's actually less than David Quinn was getting with the Rangers. So that's kind of a surprise. Uh, but you know, huge news: Gerard Gallant, the thirty six head coach of the New York Rangers, and will he be the next head coach to bring them a Stanley Cup? I sure hope so. You know, Mike Keenan won a cup in his first year, just saying. Who knows? Who knows with Gallant, but 
I am really excited. I'm pumped for it. Other big news this week is Adam Fox was named a Norris Trophy candidate finalist. So him, Caleb McCarr, and Victor Hedman were the three finalists named for the Norris this year. I mean, out of those three, I got to think it's going to come down to Fox and McCarr. I think Hedman's there on name recognition alone. He didn't have that great of a year. To be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised he was a finalist. I thought there was a couple other guys like Charlie McAvoy that could have been in the top three. But, you know, McCarr, McCarr is unbelievable. You know, watching him in these playoffs, you don't get to watch a lot of Colorado being a Western Conference team in New York. But, I mean, he is he is special. He's a very good player. Great the power play. Uh, he's got a great shot. But, I mean, Adam Fox has had such a good year. And you can just see he's he's so much better in the defensive zone. He did a fantastic job on the power play. And looking at the numbers, McCarr looks like his a lot of his production comes on the power play, whereas Fox also is those great in the power play. But it's a much I think he has better defensive numbers than McCarr when you look at the analytics of it. Obviously, I'm not a big analytical guy, but when you look at the stats that these guys lay out there, it shows that Fox is a better defensive player than McCarr is. But this is huge. This is big for the Rangers. I mean, they don't have too many NHL award winners. Brian Leach was the last guy to win a Norris. He actually won two in his career. He won 91, 92, 96, 97. Um, and then before that, only two other Rangers won it. Uh, Harry Howell won it, I think, in 1966. And uh, the other one was way back when I forget who it was. But, you know, they've only had four Norris trophies in their entire franchise with only three guys winning it. And the last Ranger to win an actual major NHL award was Dominic Moore back in the 13-14 season when he won the Bill Masterson Award. So it's been quite a while for the Rangers since they've brought home some hardware. I know um, before that, I believe it was Lundqvist Vesna in 2011. And really not much other than that. I mean, you got to go back to the 90s when Messier and Graves were, I think Graves won in 2000. He won the Masterson Award. Um, Yager won the, Le- the Ted Lindsay Award in 05. But other than that, you know, really not a lot of, for an original 16, they don't have a lot of hardware from individual awards. So it's great to see Adam Fox get that. You talk to all these guys in the Rangers, they all just say how good he is. You know, we, I talked, you know, we had Zach Jones on the show two weeks ago and he just says, you know, what an unbelievable player he is. So smooth. So great to watch. You know, I've talked to Anthony Potato about it. He just says he's just an incredible player. Looks like he's floating on ice out there. So, I mean, all these guys just, they just say how unbelievable he is. And he's so young. And the Rangers, I they hopefully will lock him up soon to a long term deal and never let him leave. Uh, obviously, he's a he moved his way to New York because you know of that connection that he had to the Rangers franchise growing up as a Ranger fan and wanted to be in New York. So I would hope and think that he wants to sign a long term deal, and uh, and hopefully he's here for a very long time because I love watching him play and uh, he's just unbelievable. And the other big news from a former guest of ours, Eric Ciccolini was awarded the Alton Simmons Award at University of Michigan for the most improved player this year. So Chicklini just finished up his sophomore season at Michigan. I texted with him about uh, congratulations on the award and, you know, what what a great send-off to the offseason that is. So congratulations to Eric. Uh, I'm really excited for him. I think he he's kind of like a sleeper pick from these Ranger prospects. He's a guy that's not really talked about a lot. Seventh-round draft pick, but, I mean, that University of Michigan team is stacked. They're going to have three guys drafted in the top 10. Probably Owen Power going first overall. And, you know, Chicklini's on that team, and I mean, they are so good. If they didn't get COVID, 
Um, a couple guys didn't get COVID in the NCAA to- tournament. I think they probably would have won the whole thing, or at least given uh, our boys Zach Jones and UMass a run for their money because they are a really, really good hockey team. So congratulations to Eric. And hopefully we get him back on the show you know, next year when he signs his entry-level deal because I love to hear you know, what the process has been like for him after we talked to him his sophomore year as he enters into this. You know, Now he's starting to think probably, obviously, about his entry-level and uh, taking the next step towards the NHL. So congrats, Eric. Hopefully we'll talk to you soon. And other than that, not much craziness going on the Rangers. Obviously, the Jack Eichel rumors continue to circle. Um, it looks like this week people are saying the Rangers are kind of souring on him a little more, that they're not as interested as they once were. And I'm fine with that. You know, I am not a uh, let's get Jack Eichel in here, let's ship out Ryan Strom fan. I think Ryan Strom played great this year. I am a Ryan Strom supporter. I think that you can add more to this team than trying to add a giant, you know, a big time center with a giant contract. I think you can add some more pieces that if you could add three more pieces instead of one piece, I think that's what this team needs. So yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously they bring in Jack Eichel. I'm not going to be upset about it, but having said that, if they give up a ton of prospects, ton of picks for a guy who might have a, an injury the rest of his career that he has to deal with. Yeah, that's not great, but you know, Drew's made some really good moves this offseason. I don't think he's going to 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 send everything to to Buffalo for him. I I don't know if this is a ploy in the media saying, "Hey, we're not really interested in him." Kind of getting Buffalo, you know, nervous about it because obviously Buffalo needs to deal him. I mean, they've said many times they're ready to punt on him. You know, they don't know what to do with him. Uh, we've seen reports that Buffalo wants him gone by draft day. You know, it seems like they're going to blow up the whole franchise over there. You know, I've seen other players that. You know, Ristolainen is a guy who looks like he's getting a move. I know the Devils are interested in him. You know, Reinhardt's a guy who I guess has been in a lot of trade rumors. Looks like the Kings are interested in him. So they're basically looking to start over again. I mean, they've already started over so many times now. It's that's a tough scene up there in Buffalo. I saw that Jack Capuana was possibly a guy they wanted to interview, but the Otto was holding back. I don't know if that's because Capuano doesn't want to go there or if Otto was really doing that, but. You know, covering Jack at the uh, at the World Championships, I talked to him pretty much every day for three weeks or two weeks, whatever long that was. What a great guy. I know, you know, he had a very good coaching stint with the Islanders. Just couldn't get over that second-round hump with the Islanders. But, you know, he's a guy who definitely deserves a second chance. And I hope Buffalo or another team gives it to him because I think he really does, does deserve a second chance. He did a really good job with that Team USA uh, squad, bringing them to a bronze medal. And, uh, you know, they had a lot of injuries towards the end of that tournament. Uh, they were dealing with uh, a lot of guys that were banged up or, you know, were actually just out for the, the uh, semifinal game. So um, he did a great job with that team. So I really hope he does get a second chance. And this week we have a really great guest. So we have New York Rangers prospect Jake Elmer. Uh, so Jake played, started the season off in Hartford, then he ended up uh, going down to Jacksonville and playing for the Jacksonville Iceman of the ECHL. Remember the... Main Mariners, the Rangers affiliate, did not play this year because of COVID. So he was loaned out to Jacksonville. But Jake spent the last couple of years in the Rangers system playing in Hartford, playing in Maine, um, and obviously this last season playing in Jacksonville. So we talked to him about his journey to the Rangers and, uh, and what, what it's been like playing in their system so far. But before we send to interview with Jake, I want to send it over to our New York Rangers legend, Eddie Olchek, to tell us more about our sponsor over at Magic Hockey. 
Hello, everyone. It's Eddie Olchek. Give a shout out to everybody at Magic Hockey. You guys are on the verge of uh, launching a new stick. Uh, I guess the correct verbiage is one of the lightest twigs on the market. So I wish you all the best of luck. Hopefully there's lots of goals and assists in those. And uh, maybe for some defensemen and forwards that can't score, uh, maybe some uh, poke checks and back checks with that light twig. So Best of luck to everybody at Magic Hockey, and I'm sure I'm going to be following you all at magichockey.com. Today we are joined by New York Rangers prospect who is currently playing for the Jacksonville Iceman of the East Coast Hockey League, Jake Elmer. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. So how's the season going? I know we were just talking before you got eliminated last night in the uh, playoffs, but overall, how's your year going? Uh, it was good. I mean, uh, different being in Florida, down and playing here in the South. It's a bit warmer than I was used to, um, but it was good. I mean, a really, really good group of guys here. Got to learn a lot from kind of the veteran presence here. And statistically, I didn't have the best year points-wise, but, um, you know, being up in Hard for the start of this this season after Christmas, and then coming down here and just getting reset and ten months without a game, and you know just the whole COVID lockdown after last year. Trying to, it was a tougher year to get my feet moving, but you know I I learned a lot and had a good year. Well, what's hockey like down there in Jacksonville? Not really a uh, I would say a hockey town. I would think you'd be surprised. Actually, we get a really really good crowd. Um, I mean, with COVID, we were sold out every night with COVID, so I think it was fifty percent capacity. So we'd have three, four thousand people in the games every day, every day almost. And then uh, you go to other cities; it's about the same. Uh, and the Florida Everblades are just about sold out. And we have really good crowd, really good hockey fans, and it's surprisingly an undercover uh, hockey city for sure. Now, is it different? I've talked to guys who have played in Arizona after they played in New York, and they're like, "Yeah, it's weird going from New York weather to wearing sandals every day." to the rink uh did you experience that too going from hartford obviously in the middle of the winter to uh jacksonville yeah i mean <laughs> from hartford i remember me and my girlfriend were at our apartment and it was in the uh hi everyone i'm dr john white webmd's chief medical officer and host of the spotlight on series from webmd's health discovered podcast for this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. The Fahrenheit uh, conversion screws me up here, but it was in like the low low nine ten area Celsius in Hartford. It was cold, wearing winter coat to the rink every day, and then I come down here and it's it's like seventy five plus Fahrenheit every day. Um, sunny, wearing shorts and sandals. I had to send my winter coats back home because I just didn't need them. <laughs> so uh, it was good. It was it was definitely a change of pace, but it was it was super nice to have the opportunity to get have some nice weather compared to being in Calgary and Hartford up north. Yeah, talk about Calgary. So growing up in Calgary, were you a Flames fan growing up? I wouldn't say I was a diehard Flames fan, but I definitely had a jersey. I went to a lot of games growing up, and obviously you idolized those guys growing up as a kid, especially in your hometown. So uh, I'd say I was a Flames fan, yeah, for sure, but I wasn't like a, a diehard guy. Pittsburgh was my team growing up. Oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was a Crosby Come fan on. for for as long as I can remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, all right, so that's about Sid. Now the, you know, McKinnon is coming on, obviously, from the same town from uh, as Sid. What do you think about, uh you think he surpassed him as uh, the best player or McDavid? Who do you think the best player in the NHL is now? Jeez, it's, it's tough to say. Right now, I still think it's it's Crosby. Just the dynamic is 200-foot game. Just his overall full everything, all of his intangibles is, it's it's tough to tough to beat him out right now. I mean, he's what 30, 34. He's going to be out of the league yeah. in a couple of years, anyways. Um, so I think he he reigns the the title for sure. But Connor McDavid in two three years is going to be probably the best player we'll ever see play hockey. So um, I'm I'm sure he'll take the title for sure. But um, as of right now, I think Crosby still has it. I was actually talking. I was on a hockey show the other night. We were talking about. Uh, McKinnon and, and how good he's been in the playoffs and uh, just how fast he is. And they're like, you know, he's only 25. Like, he has 10 more years of dominance like this. And they're like, you know, they were talking about it. And I'm like, guys, I've been getting crushed as a Ranger fan by Sidney Crosby for the last 15 years. I mean, I'm well aware of how good some guy can be yeah. against you for many years. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just, you, like you said, look at him in the playoffs. Like, he's a different animal. Like, he is completely controlling games. His goal McKinnon. of the night against Vegas, Sorry, yeah, McKinnon, yeah, against Vegas the other night, like, he came in, it looked like he was shot out of a cannon, and, I mean, just, like, the defense did look, oh. it looked like, it looked a, like he was skating with 10-year-olds. Yeah, it looked, it was, yeah, exactly, it was embarrassing, I was like, oh my god, like, I, I mean, I knew he was fast, but that was just, like, another level the other night. Oh, unbelievable. Every single guy, we were watching it, it's a team, a lot of us, every single guy was like, holy smokes, this guy is on a different level. Yeah. All right. So from Calgary, you end up getting drafted by the Regina Pats in the WHL. Um, I guess walk me through that process. Like, how much of a thrill was that? Uh, just knowing that obviously that's something you would probably work for your entire uh, Pee Wee and up, you know, early hockey career. Yeah. Well, you know, growing up, I I loved going to Calgary Hitman games. It's the Western League team in Calgary, so I'd go to lots of those games. You see, you know, they're sixteen to twenty year olds and 
growing up in Western Canada, every single kid that you play with growing up wants to play in the Western Hockey League. Um, I don't think I don't think a kid at 12 years old will tell you that they don't ever want to play in the Western League. Um, so growing up, it was just a huge dream of mine to maybe get selected in the Bantam Draft and, or even just maybe get a game here. I was just hoping, but um, I was lucky enough to get selected in the sixth round by Regina. Um, I had a good year in Bantam that 13-year-old season or 14-year-old season. Uh, kind of just proved myself that I could get to that level, and it was just super, super exciting. I remember I was sitting in math class, and I got a text or actually, we were, all my buddies, because I went to a hockey school, all my buddies had the draft pulled up on their phone, and we were just watching the draft and just waiting for somebody's name to get picked, and I was lucky to get mine. So while you're there, you play for John Paddock, who has some Ranger ties. Um, he was yeah. a coach for the for Hartford, a scout for them for years. And then he also has you know ton of NHL experience with Winnipeg and I think with Philly as well. So what was he like to play for, and especially as you're like your first coach uh, at that level? Yeah, I mean, John, he's he's got a huge resume. He, he's, he's proved that he can win. He's proved that he can be a good hockey mind. He had a great uh, plan coming into the season in Regina. Uh, new ownership came in to the team, um, new coaching staff. It was basically a whole rebrand of the Pats. Um, and he had a direction to go. And, and every single guy that he picked up, guys he traded for, or signed, or whatever, he, he built it for a purpose to win the Memorial Cup. And you know, you could see that from day one in camp. It was the the compete level, the the intensity was there. And I just remember being really excited to be a part of that team. And I mean, I only played 17 games, but I was there until Christmas when I uh, went down to Grand Prairie in the Alberta Junior League to, you know, get some more game time in, get some more ice time to develop. But just being there um, and seeing just what it takes to be an everyday era, it's, it was super motivating and inspiring to see for sure. So the next year you went over and played for the Kootenai Ice. Were you treated from that from the past of the ice? Yeah, so I was. Uh, it was my 18 year old season. I was in Regina um, and camp, and then they sent me to the Alberta Junior League just for. I think I was there for two weeks, and then I got a phone call saying, "Hey, you've been traded to Kootenai. Um, pack your stuff, start driving." So I uh, did that, and then spent the whole year there. And then the year after that, I was traded to Lethbridge. Yeah, so with Kootenai, you played with, I think it was Peyton Cribs there while you were there? Uh, Krebs was there the year that I got traded. That was his first year. But he, I knew Krebs just from being around him. And uh, I think I played with him, actually. My timeline might be wrong, but I think he was there. He wasn't there a full-time guy when I was playing. I think his 16-year-old season was my next year there. He had a big year this year, um, I think, for Kootenai. I think he's still playing there. Yeah, well, they, they moved to Winnipeg, right? Yeah, they moved to Winnipeg now, yeah. His his stock's rising. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he'll he'll be uh he'll be a big impact for Vegas and in the future for sure. And then, like you said, your third season, you get traded over uh, to Leftbridge, and that's where you really came into your own as a WHL hockey player. You became a full time player for them. Um, your first year, obviously, you had a very good first year. You had a really good playoff that year for them. You had thirteen points in sixteen games, and then you had a, a really obviously a huge year your last year there. Uh, those playoffs, I guess, this, did you take the confidence from those playoffs into the next year? Yeah, you know what, I, I I had a really good opportunity to play with some great players in Lethbridge that my 19-year-old season, my first year there. Um, you know, I got to play with a guy named Brad Morrison and, and Jaden Joseph were my line mates, and those guys, uh, just great hockey players. Brad Morrison's probably one of the most skilled players I've ever played with. He had 36 points in 14 playoff games that year. Um and Jaden Joseph, he was 
the guy can wheel around, he can make plays, he can hit, he can score, he can do it all. So I was just really lucky to get uh, get to be on the ice with those guys and, and make plays and, and be able to find points and find success. And you also play with a guy, Dylan Cousins, who I think Ranger fans yeah. saw a lot of this year considering Buffalo is in our division. So uh, he was the number seventh overall pick into the 2019 draft. A big kid, like 6'3". I think he got into a fight against the Rangers too. Uh, am I going to not like this kid for the next couple of years? Like, what's the deal with him? Uh, what do you no, say? He's a gamer. He, 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 fought, uh, he fought Ryan Lindgren this year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, he fought, yeah, he fought Lindgren, yeah. I mean, that, by the way, yeah. I mean, Lindgren's a tough guy, so I mean, you have to really want to oh, yeah. drop the gloves with someone. Well, I remember just a funny story about Cuz. It was a preseason game, and it's his draft year, and it's a preseason game. Like, it doesn't mean anything. And he drops the mitts, and absolute dusts off this random guy i think we we're playing against mad hat and he just fought him I'm like what are you doing man like you don't need to be doing that but it just shows cousins cousins a compete uh, animal he, you know like i said he's a gamer he, he he'll make an impact on a game he'll score a huge goal he'll have a great assist and he'll have a fight and a goal like and a, and a couple of hits and you know he can do it all he, he's fast he's skilled he's poised he's tough there's there's nothing but upside for that guy yeah, I was shocked when he dropped the gloves. I, cause again, like I, didn't, I just knew of him as a top pick, and so I assume like, but I knew he's a big guy. Yeah. And then I mean, he did. I think he won the fight too. Like he, you know, he did obviously really well in the fight. And I was like, crap, yeah. I don't want to see this guy again. Yeah. Well, that just just shows how who he is, right? He can he can score goals. I mean, he hasn't found his his touch yet in the NHL. I mean, he's got a couple points, but it's it, it'll come for him and. You know, he's going to be an impact player for Buffalo in the future, and he's going to have a good NHL career. All right, so last year, you have a huge final year. You scored 39 goals. You put up 81 points in 60-something games. Um, you end the year, you sign, an, uh, an undrafted, sign as an undrafted free agent with the Rangers. I guess what clicked for you that season, and what led up to the, getting that contract? Uh, you know what? It's, it's pretty cliche, but it was just confidence. Um, you go to the rank, and... I had the confidence to make the plays that maybe I, I didn't have in the, in the past. And I was just lucky to have, you know, I was on a line with uh, with Cousins and Taylor Ross, and, you know, Taylor Ross is in the same boat as me, same kind of slower start in the Western League, and we kind of found our own in Lethbridge. And um, I think it was just a great group of guys. I had freedom to, to make mistakes. Um, I had a bit of a longer leash than I'd had in the past, and, I just I just got to be who I was and play play my game and I uh, was able to uh, get success from that. You had a 13 game goal streak that year, um, which is one of the longest ones in WHL history. Yeah, what was that like for you, showing up every night and basically scoring every night? I mean, what, after a while, were you like, I'm I'm just gonna continue to do this every game? Like this is easy now? Uh, I don't think it ever came easy, but it was it was definitely. Talk about confidence booster, right? Like coming into the game and you're coming on a you're on a heater, and you know the team's playing well. Guys are giving you the puck, and it's just going in. And so I, I the confidence was definitely there, and you know I I had a lot of swagger coming into the rink every day, and um, just feeling confident about myself, and that honestly brought a lot of confidence to our team and to our group, and we had a lot of guys step up, and we had a lot of great hockey players on that team. I think we had six NHL contract guys or drafted guys. Um, we had four guys like over 30 goals. Like we, we were, we were a stud team and, um, I found confidence in those guys and they found confidence in me. So it was just a really good dynamic. 
So between the solid offensive season you we were having and then the, the goal streak, I'm sure as an undrafted free agent coming up on the end of the year, you had some teams that were interested in you. Walk me through that process. Like, how was that with your agent? Was he kind of informing you as the season went along who was interested and, and kind of who was in the running for you towards the end? You know, uh, I, 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 I was honestly really just focused on, on playing good hockey. Um, I really wanted to make a big run for it in the Memorial Cup playoffs. Um, unfortunately, we did lose in the first round to a hard-nosed Calgary team. Um, so um, I was really focused on, on, on my play and on our team's play. But obviously, when you're, when you're being told that there's teams interested, it, it, it perks your ears up. And um, I was really just focused on being the best player I could be and try to just prove to the NHL teams that, you know, I could be an impact player given the right opportunity. And um, just, it was, it was definitely different because I'd never been a guy talking to teams and, you know, I'm getting a phone call from a scout or somebody wants to have a chat after a game or, or whatever. And it was really, it was really cool to be a part of and it was really cool to experience. You do end up signing the deal with the Rangers. What was their sales pitch to you to get you to come? Uh, it's, it's New York, man. It's, it's the big apple. They were just saying, you know, <laughs> um, how could you not want to come play for the Rangers at the original six team, Madison square garden. Um, you know, you got Zabena Jad, you got Lundquist. Yeah. It's, it's a really appealing team to, uh, want to come and be a part of. So that year, like you said, you guys unfortunately got knocked out early in the Memorial cup, um, on the playoffs there. And you end up getting some time in Hartford. You had five games in the Hartford season, and you played extremely well. You had two goals, two assists. I guess, what was the biggest transition from you going from junior to the American Hockey League? Uh, I guess just from like on a, a playing, you know, uh, on the ice. Uh, I think it's just the strength and speed of the guys. I mean, the size of a defenseman in the American League is about double the size of a defenseman in the Western Hockey League. I, I went from being a 20-year-old, the oldest guy, one of the older guys in the league, uh, one of the bigger guys in the league, to being one of the smaller guys in the league. So um, I just just try to find the balance of strength, speed, and playmaking, and, and just the adjustment of the speed and size, I think. Um, Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF was challenging but I had some really good guys that were in the same boat as me coming up after their seasons and we and we just wanted to win and we just wanted to experience and work hard so we did that and um, I was able to find some success that off season you, know, you you went to prospect camp and also you play the Traverse City uh, there was a lot of big prospects around then you know for the Rangers too obviously the system is uh, I mean you're one of them the system is huge right now with so much young talent. Mm-hmm. Um, so playing with Capo Caco when he first got drafted and came over, what were your first impressions of him when you saw him on the ice? Uh, just, just a pure, uh, talented hockey player. I mean, it's it's tough to say. Like he came over, there's so much hype around him, and I was lucky enough to just chit chat with him and just kind of get to know him a little bit, um, just briefly here and there, just being in the dressing room and whatnot, and. 
just a really humble guy, just wants to work hard, wants to win games, wants to score goals. Um, there's a reason he got drafted second overall, and there's a reason he's uh, in his second year in the NHL. I mean, he's a, he's a great player. He's a fantastic guy in the dressing room from what I, what I experienced, and um, he's got great, a huge ceiling as well. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So what's he like in the dressing room? I, I feel like he seems like a shy guy. Yeah, he's a bit of he's a bit of a quiet guy. And you know what? For for anybody coming over, the language barrier is tough. And then also, you have Kratsov was there too. Uh, that was his first taste of coming over here. Uh, what was he like in practice? I mean, kind of different than Kako. He's a little more. I feel like a flashier player, like you know, from the offensive side. Uh, so what was he like on and off the ice for for him too? Yeah, Krabby. Uh, I was lucky enough to to work out with him all summer. Um, in New York and you know he just he's one of those guys who likes to work hard and he likes to win and he loves to score goals I mean that guy's got tremendous talent he's got crazy hands he's just he's just a silky hockey player he's just skilled so I mean he uh he was fun to be around I mean the Russian guys kind of hang out by themselves and do their own thing again the language barrier it's tough um so I don't blame him I'd probably do the same thing but um yeah I mean i no bad things to say about any of those guys. They're all just great guys, and they just want to be the best hockey players they can be. We just had Zach Jones on the show, and we talked about Adam Fox, and just obviously he's just a ridiculous hockey player, and you saw him when he basically first made his impression on the Rangers team. I guess what impression did he make on you when you saw him? I mean, you're practicing against him, obviously, offense, defense. Uh, I mean, how good is that guy to go up against? Yeah, or so how tough is he to go up against? Yeah, so he, uh, I was like, he played on my team in the in the practice or the practice games. Like, he, I never had to go against him, thankfully. But um, you know, I got to see firsthand in the Traverse City tournament, the prospects games, or the development camp, just how much skill he has with the puck, how much patience he has with the puck, and just how much confidence he has with the puck. I mean, that guy can, that guy can put a puck in the size of a. Like donut hole almost like it, it the, the guy the guy is unbelievable hockey player he can skate well he can battle you know he can do it all he's going to be uh elite elite defenseman in the nhl in the traverse city you were named the assistant captain for the team how did you feel about that honor like that had, that's something special yeah i mean that's a once in a lifetime opportunity to get to wear a, a letter on your chest and a on a rangers uniform um for whatever it, it it's, it was it was really remarkable. It was super cool. It was it's really awesome to see right that that thing pressed around my jersey when I when I walked into the game and it was I I mean we spoke me and the coaches and the, the other assistant caps we spoke beforehand talking about how we're gonna kind of be the leaders of the team because uh, you know older guys or have a bigger presence in the room or what whatever it may have been um, and so I was just really thankful and, and grateful that I got chosen for that opportunity. So tell me about that Traverse City experience. Um, you know, obviously it's you know it's only three or four or four games, whatever it is, but I mean it's really a showcase for you right in front of the Rangers team, right in front of the Rangers brass, and everyone else. So I guess is what is that experience like? And um, and, and you know that gameplay is obviously it's pretty intense. Yeah, um, it's hard. I mean, those you're playing in a smaller rink. It's it's condensed, and guys are going hard. I mean, guys are trying to hit each other. Guys are trying to make an impression on the NHL teams that are watching. Uh, maybe if you're an invite, maybe you're hopefully getting eyes from other teams or whatever. So everyone's trying, everyone's working really, really hard. And so the games are really intense. Um, so I just try to go out and just play my game and enjoy it and just 
take in every opportunity and take it all in and um, just try to get the best experience out of it all and just try to prove myself. So from there, you get invited to Rangers training camp and part of your group, part, you know, they, they break it down usually into three teams of training camp. Uh, you had Zabanajad and Panarin on your uh, practice yeah. team for training camp. So I guess we'll start with Zabanajad. Just to, obviously, we watch, you know, as a Ranger fan, we watch him every night. And he's just such a complete player. Um, so just what does he like to play with um, just on and off the ice, I guess? Yeah, I mean, for the brief time that I was there, it was both those guys. Uh, just You can tell right away. They walk in, they have a certain aura around them at the rink. They're superstars. Um, yeah, Zibanejad, he, you know, he, he was very, very um, humble and he was very confident in himself at the same time. He, he's just, he's a very smooth skater. He's a very smooth person, person and he just, he just makes the game look so easy. And a big thing that I found is they were both so kind to the young guys, the rookies, the, the invites to camps, the, the guys who were, you know, scared shitless being out there, being honest with those, with the stature of those guys. And, um, they were, they were super helpful. They were super uplifting and, you know, I just, they were just great, great leaders. How about Panarin in practice? Is he just ridiculous? Uh, just <laughs> skill oozing out of him at all, all times. Like he's just, he's so good. It's, I, it's simple. It's just he's so good at hockey. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Another guy that played on that team with you, Henrik Lundqvist. Um, obviously, every Ranger fan has a a spot in their heart for him. How tough is he to score on? One in practice, and what kind of guy is he to be around? Uh, he's the same same kind of thing as you know uh, Mika and Panarin. They they just have so much confidence around them, and. Uh, I mean, a guy of that stature is, is very intimidating walking into the dressing room, and he, he did not make uh, the young guys uncomfortable as well. I mean, he came right up to me and introduced himself, and I uh, said, congratulations on getting here. I'm happy to have you here. Um, just nice to meet you kind of thing. So he, he's, he's one of those guys that he makes everyone feel welcome, and, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be... Um, going to be somebody somebody to look up to in the dressing room and uh he's, he just does a good job at, at being who he is he's just got a great uh aura around him now you have experience with both him and igor who's tougher to score on oh gosh i don't know um probably probably lundquist was tougher to score on in practice yeah but i mean they're both really tough to score on they're i mean they're outstanding nhl that'll boys. be that that'll be the headline yeah that's the headline right there. Jake Elmer says Igor Sisterka yeah. easier to score on. I'll get a message on Twitter right away. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get into a uh, preseason game for the Rangers that year at MSG against the Devils. Uh, walk me through that day. Walk me through you being told that you're going to be in the lineup. Uh, the nerves, you know, what are yeah, you feeling I mean, for that? The week of practice leading up to it, um, there were rumors about that Group 1 was going to be playing, Group 2 was going to be playing, whatever. Um, but I just, I honestly, I wasn't focused on that. I just was trying to just showcase my ability and just trying to prove to the team that, you know, I can be, I can be a piece here and I can, I can work and I can play in this game. And, uh, I was lucky that the, the roster got posted in the morning and my name was on it. So just instant excitement, um, super, super nervous, honestly, as well. So, um, I had to collect myself and get out there for the morning skate and just kind of, you know, suppress those emotions. And then when I got back to my hotel room, just kind of let it all out and 
just be super excited and just kind of be in the moment and just know that, you know, I was going to get into a game and tough to sleep that afternoon for the pregame nap. And then just walking into the game at, at MSG was just, it was surreal. You know, I'd never really been to New York, um, the city. I went for like a quick tour with the Rangers in development camp, but, you know, walking in the, into MSG, being there, seeing the crowd, seeing the game, seeing the players on the ice. It was just, uh, it was a moment of once in a lifetime moment for sure. Did it ever hit you during like, I, I've talked to guys, they say like during the national anthem or like, when they come out for that after warmups, they come out for that first time after warmups. They do the thing, a little skate around. You kind of had like a mo. They have had like a moment where they're like, "Wow!" Like, like a pinch me, oh pinch me moment. Yeah, I mean, I didn't necessarily have a pinch me moment, but almost the whole day was a pinch me moment. Um, yeah, I mean, warmups. I think the coolest thing about war- like the game, I thought, was warmups when there was a "Let's Go Rangers" chant. Uh, in the warm-up, we're just shooting the puck around and getting ready for the game and they're chanting for us and the staff was, you know, when we're playing our, doing our off-ice warm-up, the staff are saying, welcome back. And, it, you know, it really felt like, holy smokes, this is just one huge family and everyone just wants, has one goal in mind and everyone is just so kind and so ready to go. And it was, uh, it was really awesome to be a part of. Now, between playing in the game and training camp, did you have a welcome to the NHL moment where, you know, Something happened to you or something in practice. Like, like uh, Zach Jones said he had a welcome moment when uh, Zabanjad and Buchnevich came on him two-on-one and went tic-tac-toe eight times past him and scored. Yeah, I mean, I think the the coolest moment for me where it was like, holy smokes, was uh, just sitting on the bench during that game, that preseason game, and getting my line called out and just stepping over the boards for the first time. So um, that's definitely a moment that I'll, I'll cherish the rest of my life. And, Hopefully, I can make more of those memories. Yeah. So this season, obviously, because of COVID, um, there was no training camp. But you finished. It, you had a really good year last year with with Maine. I know you started in Hartford, and they moved you down to Maine. But you were a uh, an East Coast All Star, and you played for a good friend and a uh, friend of the program, Riley Armstrong. Uh, so tell me about how was it playing for Riley, and uh, and how was your year in Maine? It was good. Uh, you know, I, I found some success there. Um, Got hurt a little bit, um, was up and down. I got to really experience, you know, minor league hockey going up and down, and uh, it was it was it was an eye opening eye opening year for sure. First year pro, it was exciting to you know get that first year under my belt, and I just tried to do uh, the best that I could. And when they when they did move you down to Maine, obviously, you know, you're a young player, it's your first, you know, really first full professional season. Was it something you just kind of took in stride, or were you upset about it when it first happened? You know, I was pretty upset, honestly, um, that ride up to Portland um, was emotional. And, you know, I, I had expectations of being a full-time guy in Hartford that year, um, coming off of my five games a year the, before the summer. Um, you know, I had a lot of confidence going into the camp and expecting to be a, a full-time guy. But, um, you know, nothing's easy and nothing's handed to you. So um, they wanted me to develop. They wanted me to get stronger and better. Um, and... Uh, you know, the pro aspect of the game, just making harder plays. And uh, I went down to Maine and, you know, I found that and uh, I was lucky enough to get up to Hartford and be there and, and, and practice with the guys and, and, and get to uh, get to see what it takes to be a, a full-time guy and um, just motivate me for, for the future. So while you're at Maine, you're obviously one of our top players. What's the biggest difference that you saw between the AHL play and the East Coast League hockey play? Um, it's just, 
the AHL is just a just a better league. I mean, there's there's guys in the East Coast that should be playing in the A, and um, the, there's no knock against the East Coast league. It's a, it's a good hard league. There's some good players and there's some good teams, but you know you go up a step and, and everything's a little bit crisper. Uh, passes are a little bit better, harder. Um, the ice is uh, ice is a bit better. Well, maybe it's just because I was down in the south, so the ice was bad, but. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just upscaled. It's everything's just upscaled when you move up the ranks, and you know, going from the A to the NHL, I bet is is even even more uh, upscaled. So um, there's definitely a process, and there's definitely a tier list, but there's no knock against the coast. So this year, uh, with training camp, you started training camp with Hartford this year. Um, you were there a month, and then they loaned you out to Jacksonville. Was that something that was welcome for you, since you weren't seeing time in Hartford? Was that something that you kind of wanted? Yeah, I mean, we looked at the opportunity of me getting in games there, and you know, I spoke with the coach Chris Novlock, and we I mean, we discussed about you know best opportunity for me, and we decided that me going down to Jacksonville, um, and and playing games and getting ice time and and, and learning and getting better, um, was a ben- more beneficial thing than if I was just being scratched and working out and and just doing that in Hartford. So maybe getting a game here too, rather than playing all the time up down here. So. We made a decision to come down here, and um, I don't regret it at all. Probably doesn't hurt that it was Jacksonville, not a bad area to. Yeah, and you know, I, I had a good buddy, Wacy Rabbit, the captain here. I knew him. I know him from back home, and uh, we've worked out together. So it was uh, it was really nice to see a familiar face when I walked in the locker room. You brought up Knobloch's name. A lot of Ranger fans really like him because when he did come up for David Quinn, they played extremely well. Uh, what does he like to play for? Like, what are some of his characteristics that you like? And, uh, and how is he in like the locker room with the guys? It's a great guy. Uh, Chris, he's, he's a, an intense man, but he, uh, it's all for the right purposes. He wants to win and, uh, to be a coach in the NHL and coach in the NHL, that's gotta be your number one focus is to win hockey games. So, um, you know, he does everything he can to, uh, get the best out of his players to win hockey games. And, um, you saw that when he went up to New York and those guys played for him because it's just it's not demanded, but it's expected that you work your ass off day in and day out um, with Chris. And, you know, he, uh, he's got great systems. He's got great uh, locker room personality and he makes everyone feel welcome. So he's, uh, he's done a great job there in Hartford. And, you know, he's, he's going to do well wherever he, if, wherever he goes, if he moves up or if he stays in Hartford. Would you characterize him as more of a player's coach, like a motivational coach, teaching guy? There's a, there, he's more of a player's coach. He, he likes to come in and he likes to talk to the guys. He likes to know about guys' personal lives. Um, I think he realizes that, you know, there's a whole other life outside of the arena. Um, you know, he, and guys like to talk about it. So it was, uh, he's a great guy off the ice and just, he's just uh, he's a winner and he, and he wants everyone to win and work hard. I guess backtracking back to your time playing in the Rangers training camp, David Quinn was there. Obviously, the Rangers moved on from him. Um, one, as a guy in the system, were you surprised that that happened? Um, you know what? I, I, I was surprised in seeing that he was uh, he got let go. Yeah. Um, it's it's tough. You know, the, the, the Rangers are they're such a great team. And, you know, we, there's just so much expected out of everybody and everybody wants to win and everyone wants to be a Stanley cup champion. So I think uh, ownership made a decision to, uh, you know, bring in some, some fresh faces and, and, and get a new, uh, 
kind of reset everything. But you know, it was, I was I was pretty surprised at uh, the big moves they made. And then, what did you think of Quinn as a coach? Like, what did you like about him? Um, from the short time that I spent, he's intense. He's the same thing as as Chris. He wa- he wants to win, and he demands excellence out of his players. Um, I didn't really speak with him off the ice too much um, because of you know we'd get off the ice and he'd go right back on the ice with the other group and whatnot. So um, I didn't get a full chance to talk to him personally, but from what I could tell, the brief conversations that I did have, he was he's he's a great guy. He's he's a personable guy, and you know he he just loves hockey and he just wants to be around the game. So this year's season, uh, East Coast Hockey League pretty much had the biggest season anyone had. I mean, compared to the NHL and American Hockey League, uh, you guys got in you know, a full 70-game season there. Uh, what, I guess, just walk me through, like, what was it like with COVID? Like, what was it like a normal day as a player uh, with, like, the testing and stuff? And how did you guys, I guess, play so many games in it so successfully? Uh, you know, the East Coast did, uh, did their best in this predicament that we were all handed with COVID. And, um, you know, Florida is a bit different than every other state at the time. Um, you know, their mask regulation wasn't that uh, that enforced. Um, social distancing and all that stuff wasn't as for- enforced as much, and everything was open. So, you know what, life was pretty pretty dang normal down in Florida, and it's almost completely normal now. And we're as we're talking here. So, um, yeah, I mean, guys were were doing their part. Um, unfortunately, our team just before I got here had a huge breakout. Uh, with COVID so a lot of guys got the antibodies and so um, and then we all the guys that didn't get it got vaccinated so we were uh, we were clear and we were we did everything we could to to limit the amount of COVID spread. So if you were to compare yourself for people who haven't seen you play to a a current NHL player of your style of play uh, who would you compare yourself to? Oh geez (laughs) I don't know that's a that's a really tough question um I don't know. There's, there's, you know, I, I, you stopped me. I don't know. I don't have anybody. I'd just kind of, uh, describe my game. I guess it'd be, you know, I'm a fast, fast hockey player. I like to make plays, like the score on the rush, um, and work my, my tail off in the, in the ozone down low. I can finish checks. Um, I can be reliable in the D zone. I can kill penalties. Um, you know, I can kind of kind of jack of all trades kind of thing and I can do everything the best that I can. And, you know, I, I want to work hard and I do work hard and I want to win. So uh, I'll do anything that I can to win. I guess I don't have a player. I guess I can directly uh, correlate my game to. So talking about your, you play offense and defense. So you yeah. had that one big year with Leffert. You had like seven or eight shorthanded goals too. So are you still killing penalties now too? Are you playing, uh, you playing both PK and uh, power play? Uh, I, I'm not actually any of those, uh, right now. I mean, here in Jacksonville, we have some great hockey players. Do we have to have a discussion with the coach about that? Cause I mean, I feel like, uh, uh maybe we're but, missing out here. Uh, you know what? Our, our power play units are great. Uh, we have, it's tough. It's tough, especially this year because of COVID guys that, you know, could be AHL guys, full AHL, full-time AHL guys that are, are down here and playing just because of roster spots and, and COVID. So we have, we have great hockey players. We have guys that can score. We have our all 10 guys that are on the power play and the guys that kill penalties, they all do their job exceptionally well. So um, we were successful in the special teams areas and um, you know, if they're successful, let them keep doing what they're doing. 
Now, since you've left Hartford, have you stayed in touch with any of the coaching staff there, or is anyone checking in with you about how you're doing down there, or uh, you know, you get any, uh, I guess, feedback from them? I mean, you know, just hearing their text messages, uh, kind of just keeping up and keeping uh, keeping tabs on each other. The coaching staff up there, but um, you know, they were busy. They had a lot to do with their with their team, and you know, I was battling away playing three games in four days almost every weekend. So. Um, it was uh they kept in touch what they uh what they needed to and you know it was uh it was a good communication line. Like you're saying your players are playing three and threes, four and fours, five and fives. How crazy was that schedule this year? I mean the guys make a joke here, it's we we're in the trenches, we we're battling. So um, you know, it's it's hard, you know, traveling six hours up to Greenville and playing two games and then playing a game at home playing three and threes every weekend. I mean, it's tough. It's hard. It's, it's a hard, hard game to play. If you're playing one game a week, it's, it's even harder if you're playing four. So, um, you know, we did the best that we, what we could. And um, unfortunately there, we didn't make the playoffs as of yesterday, but uh, such a great group of guys down here. It, it sucks that uh, it's ended too short. So I see that you're quite the golfer on Instagram. Yep. Uh, what's the handicap like right now? Uh, right now, um, I've only played three or four rounds here down in Jacksonville. Um, it's been so busy. And my days off, I mean, I could go golf, but I'd rather sit on the couch and, and re- reboot and recover my body from the wear and tear of the weekend. But, um, yeah, back home, I, I was lucky enough to join a, a course that I always wanted to join in Calgary. And, um, I got to uh, play about sixty rounds last summer. That's not bad. So, what's the handicap then? Let's hear it. Uh, last year I finished at a four eight, four point eight. So, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'll take it. I mean, I shoot high seventies, low eighties almost consistently. So, I mean, obviously, I want to get better, but I mean, it's it's fun to just have a good pastime and a hobby to do. All right, so. Give me your uh, best prank story that you've had so far in your career. Oh my goodness! My pro career and hockey career. You mean the one, whatever. Um, I'll I'll just kind of give a a brief one here down here. It was a couple of weeks ago. We had a guy um, steal somebody's shower curtains when we were at we were at his house just hanging out watching a hockey game. And some guy took off with a shower curtain, so we got woke up early in the morning to take a shower and he had no shower curtain, so. It's probably one of the funnier ones that I've been a part of. That's pretty good. I'm not saying it was me in that sense, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Your favorite moments so far with the Rangers organization? Probably signing my contract or playing my preseason game. And then you're going to your final year of your contract with the Rangers uh, this year coming up. What are some of the things this offseason that you're focused on improving on to bring into camp next year? Um, I'll. You know, one of the big things I really want to focus on my puck handling, uh, my ability to make plays um, in tight, especially. Um, you know, I, I I know how to compete. I know how to win battles, and you know, just work harder in the summer to get stronger, get faster. And you know, I really want to get better at, at you know handling pucks and shooting pucks, and you know, you can always get better at scoring. So just try to get better at everything. Who's your Stanley Cup winner this year? Colorado, hundred percent. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I got them on the bracket, so. (laughs) 
Well, Jake, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you next year and uh, have a great summer. Yeah, absolutely, Kyle. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you again to Jake Elmer for joining us this week. What a great guy. Uh, really fun conversation. Uh, hopefully he gets back up to Canada safely, and hopefully they open the golf courses up there pretty soon. I know they've been restricted because of COVID, so hopefully he gets in the links this summer, and we see him back in Rangers camp in September or back in Hartford. Uh, I think he's got a really good future of this team. I'm a big fan of his, so I uh, wish him all the best. And a huge thank you and shout-out to our sponsors over at Magic Hockey. Uh, really great response to their first week with us. Had some listeners reach out to me and tell me how cool their website was. Uh, had another listener reach out to me and say that they uh, were going to look into their sticks and wanted some uh, information from me on hockey sticks, which I wasn't really much help about. But, uh, you know, thank you again to them. They've been awesome. I got my Magic Hockey dad hat ready to rock for this summer. So make sure you go check them out on Instagram at Magic Hockey or on their website at magichockey.com. And uh, I can't thank those guys enough. They're so great to work with. And uh, I'm just so excited to be working with them because uh, their products are unbelievable. So please go make sure you check them out. And that does it for episode 27 of the Broadway Hat Podcast. Please make sure you go check us out on social medias. We're on Twitter at Broadway Hat Pod. We are on Instagram and Facebook at the Broadway Hat Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It does wonders for the show. It really helps out a lot. So please, if you're a fan of us, please subscribe. Please leave a review. If it's just a five-star with a period on it, anything, it helps the show out so much. So please go on and do that. Please make sure you go and subscribe on uh, Spotify. Check us out on all Google and Amazon products, as well as Pandora. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.